if we can now move to metaphors, like why do you think that they're so important in terms of persuading people and moving them in the direction that you want them to go in? Well, back in the 80s, uh, Lakoff and Johnson, they wrote a book called Metaphors uh, We Live By. Uh, it's the driest book you'll ever read. <laughs> but it's essential. I mean, you, I, you don't need to get that much into the weeds with it to understand it. There's other books on metaphor now, but it's cognitive metaphors. And it's through metaphor that we're able to have any abstract thought at all. My dog isn't capable of metaphor. He only reacts to what's in front of him. <laughs> And, I mean, he's really a smart dog. He's my best friend, but he lives totally in the moment. Human beings, we need abstract metaphors to understand almost everything. Let me give you some primary examples. Also, great therapists use metaphors, and you don't even know they did it to you. (laughs) You (laughs) Milton Erickson was the one who, who first developed that technique. but. If you look at how we think and how we come to conclusions as a path with many turns and many forks in the road, what I'm trying to do is set the map, is make this road a little thicker, a little more inviting. How you do that is you prime the brain with the metaphor. It will then guide the person's thoughts. So let me give you an example. They don't do it so much, but they used to do it in America. They quit doing it because I started giving speeches about it. (laughs) They would do this thing of, of, they'd tell the jury, you know what this is to them? They're just trying to win the lotto. And you're their lotto ticket, right? They just want you to make them rich. So they've used the metaphor of the lotto ticket because it works for them. You know, it it allows the jury to totally disregard all the facts, you know, and deal with just this one easy concept in making a decision. So we do what's called a reversal when that happens. And I hate trying cases against bad lawyers because they give me, they don't give me enough material to work with. You need to be able to reverse what, what they're doing. So that one would go like this. It would go... You know, I pick up this notebook and I look at the jury and I go, here it is. This is the four state Powerball super lotto ticket and it's worth $164 million. And then I look at the client and I go, and it's yours. It's all yours. But you got to give up a few things. You will never, ever make love to your husband again without being in agonizing pain. You will never pick up your grandchild and hold them. Not ever again. Then I do one more thing because you do it in threes. And then, do you want it? It's yours. Do you want it? By that time, they're in tears, you know? And Then I turn to the jury and I go, anybody? Will anybody take it? (laughs) You know, when they shake their head, no. (laughs) Call the travel agent. You're going on vacation. (laughs) 99% of the lawyers I know doing personal injury work, what they do is they go and try to get money for pain and suffering, 
right? Isn't that what, what they do? But, you know, I have corns. When you're 67, you have all kinds of things that are wrong. One of them is corns on my toes. And I've had them for years. You know, I have to go get pedicures. And it's okay to get a pedicure now. But 15 years ago, they looked at you really weird if you were getting a pedicure. <laughs> and sometimes I would shave them myself and I'd cut them and they'd get an infection. And, you know, it was incredibly painful to go skiing because the boot would be really tight on my corns, you know. But I'll sell them to you. Do you want my corns? How much will you give me for my corns? Huh? I mean... They have to be worth a lot, right? <laughs> Isn't that what we do? Isn't that what we do when we try to sell pain and suffering? Yeah. yeah. You know, and we wonder why we don't get anything. <laughs> you know? So it was uh, Johnson. We hired Johnson to do a seminar for us on metaphors, you know, cognitive metaphors, who told us that... In Western culture, there's a metaphor that well-being equals wealth, right? There is no metaphor that pain and suffering equals wealth. It's, it's not there. So now what I'll do frequently, like one of the things I do is I don't ask for past medical specials. Almost never. I mean, I've walked away from 200,000 in past medicals. Because the moment I give them that number, that's where they start the calculation. Because it's an objective, verifiable fact, right? That's where they will start. Well, I'm asking for $100 million. I don't want them starting at 200. It's really a long ways. <laughs> so I just get rid of those. I also talk about in jury selection is, you know, I want to talk to you about why you get up in the morning, what makes life worth living, you know, what do you love, what's your passions, you know, they always will talk about the kids, that's very important to them, they'll talk about their spouse, they'll talk about different things, and then I go, but then I want to talk about, well, what do you actually do with them, you want the, what they're doing, and then you'll go to somebody else and say, tell me about the diamonds in your life, see how I've now transitioned to diamonds, Right? Yes. Tell me about the diamonds in your life. Then, in the closing, I'll talk about how, you know, this case would be very easy. I might even do it in the opening. I mean, in the uh, jury selection, depending on how loose the judge is. But I'll say, you know, this case would be easy. If the plaintiff had a bag of diamonds, and I don't mean those little diamonds. I mean those big diamonds, you know, like those really big ones you see in the Costco display case, you know, a bag full of them. And if the defendant took them and threw them away and couldn't find them, couldn't recover them, we'd add up the diamonds, the weight, the clarity. We'd have them appraised. And if it comes to $200 million, it's $200 million, you wouldn't give them a discount because you were feeling sympathy for the defendant, would you? Well, what about the plaintiff? Are you going to give them more because you feel sympathy for the plaintiff? No. Being a juror is without sympathy, and it's adding up the value of the diamonds. Anybody disagree with that? 
That metaphor is solid now, isn't it? That's incredible. Then you talk about all the things. They're going to live for another 42 years and they will never make love again because their back is broke or, you know, whatever it is, right? You take all the good diamonds that's in our life and you tell the jury to put a value on them. And yes, they are priceless. You know, they, every one of those things is a MasterCard moment, right? Remember the MasterCard commercial? Best thing that ever happened to plate employers? Huh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we value things that are priceless, things that are priceless. Uh, we, we value them all the time. You, Christie's Auction House, you know, and then I'll use the metaphor of the $450 million painting, and you can segue into other metaphors with it. It's just hard. It's just very hard, but you agreed to do this job, but you can keep the pain and suffering. We don't want it. We don't want their sympathy and we don't want you to value something that has no value. See how those metaphors work for you? I was taken away. I was with you all the way with the, with the metaphors. That was incredibly effective. The more I learn about metaphor, the better the lawyer I become. Thank you for listening to the Advocacy Podcast, Journeys to Excellence. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe and visit us at theadvocacypodcast.com for reading lists and other resources. Until next time.